Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women. And go get a beer, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Go Set a Watchman. <laughs> Harper Lee and Jimmy starting with a beer. Now, this book, Mike will explain more about it, but it's uh, the spiritual precursor to uh, Killing Mockingbird. And it, uh, Gene goes from New York back to Alabama to visit her family. In Alabama, at this time, everybody's really drinking the Haterade. Oh, I almost used that. <laughs> I have a four-pack of that. <laughs> this is Haterade NYC edition, and it is uh, from Finback and Jay Wakefield, and it's a, I guess it's a, it's a sour. Yeah, it's a sour, and it tastes like red Gatorade with booze and bubbles in it. Well, uh, it's a Jay Wakefield beer originally that Finback has made, made their version of. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what the original is like, but... It's, I mean, I'm sure it's the identical recipe. It, it's this, as other breweries have done this before, where they kind of do a like a you know, foreign exchange student thing with brewing. It's we'll a, make it's your a beer, beer cover. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Beerioki. <laughs> Still laughing at go go get a beer man. Let's <laughs> <laughs> really confident. You guys are like shut the fuck up. That's not <laughs> no. We're not. <laughs> I mean, this, this, yeah, it's, it's on it's fine. It's, it's, it's fucking red Gatorade with bubbles and alcohol. Yeah, it's so I'm, like I'm rehydrating while I drink. So that's good. A perpetual motion drinking machine. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. Ghost at a Watchman is so Harper Lee wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, which we did way back in like season one of this podcast. And, uh, one of the most famous American novels of ever. And, yeah. Classic, great book. And her only thing, her only thing that was published, she died a couple years ago, like 2017 or something like that. 2016, she died. And the year before she died, 2015, this book was published. And it was a big hyped up thing. Because Ghost Had a Watchman was the original version of To Kill a Mockingbird. That she wrote this first and was written in 1957. To Kill a Mockingbird was 1960. And... A publisher was like, no, <laughs> this is not good. And, and they, they were, were right. Well, for what, from what I understand, right. the publisher was like, you know, the part about the kid, that was good. Make it about the kid. And, and st- then she basically started back from page one. It was like, oh, let's, okay, I'll make it about the kid. And then wrote an entirely different book, that's which exa- became To Kill a Mockingbird. That's exactly what it was. It was the part about... It's like flashbacks. The yeah, the flashbacks, but like specifically that was a, from the perspective of the kid is what made it interesting. Hmm. And there was a scene, and I, what I meant to do but didn't, was reread just a synopsis of To Kill a Mockingbird because I don't remember the details of it that well because it was years ago that we read it. But there's this scene. This I don't is think the scene. the flashbacks in, were the same, were they? I don't think they were. There were, there were no. some things that were similar, but nothing was identical. Yeah. And if there's anything I learned about the South in this time, is if people look a little bit different, you know, things are a little bit different, <laughs> that's totally okay. Uh, <laughs> that is the central <laughs> theme, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it did, the one scene 
the the first flashback scene of Jem of uh, Scout and Jem and and uh, the the Henry felt exactly like To Kill a Mockingbird. The, it was like, oh yeah, this is exactly like she. I see what happened here. The rest of the book, a very different different animal. Yeah. So she went back and rewrote, it. and then this manuscript sat in you know a you know a safety deposit box or whatever for. 50 60 years practically and at that time an age and you know a decrepit harper lee who i think was like blind and she was like she couldn't have been she couldn't have had all her faculties somebody talked her into allowing them to publish this even though people had been pestering her to do this forever and she finally they gave her the right cup of you know rice pudding in the old folks home and then she signed and then this was published, and it was the biggest hype thing ever. And according to Wikipedia, it was the most pre-ordered book since the last Harry Potter. Since the New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember hearing an NPR story at the time uh, about how tons of schools over that summer vacation of 2015, because it was published in the summertime, mm. it was published in July, schools were assigning this as required reading over the summer. Because many, many, many schools assign To Kill a Mockingbird as required reading. And I guess they were trying to be hip or they were trying to whatever. But they hadn't even had the chance to read it themselves because it wasn't out. Big mistake. Huge mistake. So schools were telling kids, go buy a new copy of this hardcover book that just came out and read it for September 1st. And then... We haven't read it yet either. It'll be like a book club when school starts. (laughs) That's what teachers are supposed to do, right? Like, don't preview it. <laughs> Just... That's always always a good idea. So I'm told. There was a big thing for that year of 2015, and then it just kind of, everybody moved on with their life and never talked about it again. Because Atticus is racist <laughs> in the end. So people are like, oh, shit, that was a bad idea. Oops. <laughs> and then uh, let's not assign that. Yeah. Let's go back to the other one. I like that one better. The yeah. good one. It weirdly, this book, Ghost Out of Watchmen, did read a lot like it's a sequel because it does take place later. Yeah, yeah where absolutely. Scout, did. also, who's like, don't call me Scout, call me Jean Louise, is talking, is, you know, is like talking about going back to make them to see what it was, to, you know, to like hang out there and see a lot of the same people. I mean, a bunch of the same people. And she remembers fondly her brother, Jem, who's dead, you know, yeah. and all this, all this stuff. So it really did read like a sequel, but there's a little hint that, because the outcome of the trial is different. She talks about, well, back in the 1930s, my father defended a black man from a charge of rape and got him acquitted. And it's like, oh, no, that is not what happens in To Kill a Mockingbird. And then my daddy led the lynch mob that (laughs) got him outside of the courthouse. (laughs) Not sad, but... No. Wasn't wasn't not not said no i mean there's there's an overall like different thing whereas still the character of atticus is okay well they're okay okay let's let's talk about what started at the beginning yeah jean louise is 25 26 she lives in new york and she's graduated from college you know when it's clearly the mid 50s or late 50s when you know just uh, just a woman going to college, you know, that was kind of a, 
a big thing. Sometimes she you wear to, slacks. Trousers yeah, in the are book, for she's men, like, little lady. Can I wear my slacks? And everyone is like, no. I do uh, declare you shall not <laughs> wear slacks. I think she said uh, she went to the new school. But anyway, she has a she has a highfalutin college education. But I heard every character's to... voice like Foghorn Leghorn <laughs> in my head the whole book. Like, I'll say, I'll say I still no pictured Gregory Peck as Atticus. I still oh, did. Oh, and that ruined it, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> different, different Gregory Peck, yeah. Can we just say calling him Gregory Pecker is just hysterical? Cause, and I found that there was a guy named Gregory Peck, and it was that close to Pecker. We laughed meant for to hours. Be. <laughs> meant to be. For Were hours. you 11? I was 11. I'm still I'm 34 now and I still laugh at that. Still good. Still <laughs> hysterical. And if I called my brother right now who's 32, I'm like, we're calling him Gregory Packer and how that pissed <laughs> off dad. I'm like, oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> it is. Well, that sounds like fun, but Scout goes back to Alabama and realizes that the South is no fun. <laughs> what a pivot. I mean, really, this is the Sixth second the half landing. of the book, but I wasn't going to wait that long. So no, it's, this it's pretty is, much no fun right away. This is Reading no the fun. Book was no fun. India Pale Ale by Finback. This is uh, 7.5% alcohol, and it says IPA dry hopped with. Amarillo, Citra, Blanc, Brew One, El Dorado, Mosaic, Waimea. It is a uh, Finback, I, Finback IPA. It's They've good. done this before, this beer. I, I think we've had this before. Well, I think you're going to have some fun after drinking this beer. We've had it on <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah. Because that man was no fun. That Grinch. He was Sorry. no fun. I don't that know is, if he's that a man. true. So, okay. She goes back to, she takes the train back to Macomb County, and she does not get, at the train station, her father does not pick her up, because now Atticus is 72, and he's old, and he has arthritis. Or more like Parkinson's. His his hands don't work so good. Old man syndrome. And, uh, you know, but he's still a good guy. But but he's, but uh, Scout, or Gene Louise, is actually picked up at the, I was going to say airport, but no, that was at the train station pie. Hank. Oh, fuck. Hank, who is um, the sort, of, sort of the legal assistant or sort of lawyer in training of uh, Atticus. And he's also like a family friend that has been a friend for a long time from some like... There was a story why he was a family friend, but I don't remember it right now. His parents died and like... He worked at his uncle's grocery store, and Atticus like took him in and like paid for his schooling and book learning, shit like that. And he's like his apprentice lawyer now. Yeah. Slash. Even though he finished law valid. school thanks to the GI Bill, but the actual practice of law has little to do with what you actually learn in law school, and so he has to take years to learn Alabama pleading. Well, that hasn't Which really changed like, much from what I understand. That is true, but I have a feeling that things are a little bit more formal in Alabama <laughs> and not so much like, well, what the good old boys say about this law. It's a little bit less a Wild West. Anyway, so anyway, so he's learning that, and, but also Jean Louise and Hank are, they're not exactly boyfriend, girlfriend, but fuck buddies. He's hitting that, right? I don't. It's Im- it's implied that he is hitting that. Definitely, he definitely wants 50s. to. 
He wants to marry her. He's not her. interested in quitting that. He's not. He wants but to marry she her. lives in New York, you know, and doesn't even go back to Alabama very often. Sort of the beginning of the book is not a lot happens in the first half. Like really not much happens besides Jean Louise sort of being like introducing all the characters and like this is my aunt Alexandra and this is Hank and this is my father Atticus who's old and my our maid Calpurnia. Uh, and then that's like the, most of it. And then she's kind of like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm going to marry Hank, but you know, maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, but also Scout is like, I don't know if I really fit and I, I don't really want to be married. Maybe I just want to be independent. She doesn't want to stay in fucking Maycomb County for sure. If she marries him. She'll have to stay in bum fuck Alabama after seeing uh, places that don't suck. New York. And the book is really her coming to terms with how shitty Alabama is, I guess. Yeah. She always yeah. knew, but she's just like confirming it and finding out worse things. Yeah, and talks about her, her brother, older brother, Jem, how he went off to the war, World War II, that is, and then, but didn't die in the war, but came back and then died of a heart attack on the street at the age of like 22 or something like that. Yeah, because he's living in Alabama eating just like deep fried lard and shit. You know, he had he needed like a sex tuple bypass. Well, they frequently have breakfast in this book. Oh, I can't believe big, I said something up there. A big <laughs> normal southern breakfast of apple pie cinnamon buns. <laughs> oh man. This is gonna be a weird one, I gotta say. This is apple pie cinnamon buns from Seven Island Brewery, which is located in fucking Corfu, Greece, a place where they have neither apple pie nor cinnamon buns. So, How do you know? Have you been there? Because it's got fish and nut or nuts in it. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the Greeks will claim they invented apple pie, just like they claim to have invented everything. It smells like wind. But actually, copied it from the Babylonians. <laughs> Everything's copied by those goddamn Babylonians. Jesus Christ! Does, does, it, does it taste like? Uh, this is oh, I sure it's imperial stout with cinnamon, apple, and vanilla, and it's like I don't know, like ten something percent. I don't know what the fuck it was, twelve percent. Oh God! Um, honestly, it's it's incredible. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't really taste. Like, there's, there's a hint of apple, but it tastes like kind of like those uh, slightly like the, like kind of like a cinnamon roll when it's got like that not like coffee cake vibe to it, but like that. Not, not bitter, but like there's an there's a aftertaste to it that I can't quite place, even though it's overwhelmingly sweet. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the app. Maybe it's the apple. I don't know what it is. But it's a, it's a heavy boy. Ooh, it's hard to really pick apart the individual bits of apple pie or cinnamon roll in this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Notes I can feel my artery roll? stopping. <laughs> Notes of cinnabon. <laughs> The picture is just like a fucking blue jay. At jing first of a glance, that roll. looks that's a very sexual cinnamon. Yeah, bun. There's, these, there's these penises coming out the side of it. <laughs> oh, it's brewed and canned by Myers Creek Brewing Company. I guess they got a local one to do it so they wouldn't have to import it from Greece because that would probably be shitty and expensive. Yeah, there's like, here, hairless people, make these. 
Nuts, 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 fish, fish. It is a good stout. Uh, you can uh, take the recipe and you can make the beer out of it and you can have some baklava, but not that Turkish stuff. Mm. <laughs> I think everyone's Greek idea is just Michael Scott from The Office. Like, absolutely, yeah. Because no one knows what a Greek person actually I give sounds you my like. Gyro recipe. Like, I live in Astoria where everyone's Greek. And all I can think about is the fucking Ovis episode where he's playing a Greek guy. <laughs> I like you. I give you my recipe. Hey, we need some uh, some Greek Greek beer. Uh. But uh, honestly, it's really good. It's really fucking good. It's it's fucking heavy though. It hurts to drink this in a good way. But I can feel the alcohol hitting me in the face like a fucking oh, like a Trojan horse sneaking inside me. Oh. Or like a real horse if you're Greek. <laughs> we were talking about how that's a terrible name for a fucking condom company. Trojan. It, it imply it implies rape. But it also like <laughs> I don't want something sneaking through. <laughs> right. It. The yeah, whole point of the condom is to keep the jizz out. And that is not and what happens. Like they think in the, the Trojan idiot. horse is like, as if like you're smuggling a condom into your cooch and. Surprise, it had a penis in it. Like, what? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. So roughly halfway through the book, because the first half does not matter. Roughly halfway through the book. I think it's the second, though. <laughs> okay. It, uh, there, it, the second the half last, matters more than the first eighth, does. The last eighth okay. matters when you realize, it's, oh, this it's is not a halfway good book. through the book where <laughs> you find out that oh, this book is actually about race. It's not until then that you actually find out. Like To Kill a Mockingbird. It's almost like Harper Lee was... Life in <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Harper Lee intended to write a book about race in the South. And she wrote this. And she wrote this. And was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't, I think, the best thing. Maybe you should rewrite it. And so she did. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, she finds out that Hank and Atticus have gone to this meeting... Council she of finds Concerned the Citizens, where they were a citizens council. basically a super racist guy has been invited to speak, and he says some very racist things. But Jean Louise, she sits in the balcony section because they're literally in the courthouse, but it's not a trial; it's just their meeting place. A thing that would appear in To Kill a Mockingbird, yes. her sitting in the upper, you know, totally, totally different, but the same. But that that would appear. There, they yeah. do mention that the judge in that, I think it's the same judge, how oh, he is dead now, and thank God. <laughs> and with his crazy ideas about progress. About people being so people. They, <laughs> a very, very racist guy says some very, very racist things, and Scout is in the, you know, in the, in the balcony, and is just like, oh my God, not only did Hank go to this, but so did Atticus. They both, they both went to this? They, and so, you know, implying that that is, you know, like they, they approve of this, which turns out they do, mostly. But, and she's mad, more politely. <laughs> and she's suddenly mad, and then she's suddenly like, I don't, like, uh, goes home, and it's like, if, if Hank comes to, if Hank comes over, tell him I'm indisposed. Like, uh, what, what, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> Taking a shit. <laughs> and I can't see him, and then... The next day, yeah, the next day you find out that Calpurnia's grandson this, kills the guy. You found out about Calpurnia's grandson before they go to the meeting. I thought it was just after. Now you th- you think it would be like a bigger part of the book, 
but she finds out like Frank's Calpurnia's grandson hit a guy with his car and killed him. And you think, oh, it's going to be a book about a trial of this black guy in the Alabama again. Like, I see why she, like, redid it and kind of, like, reconfigured things. But that never actually happens. No. Where you know, instead, think, like, about, Atticus yeah. is like, well, we're going to, you know what? We should represent him so that those NAACP lawyers don't. And so you get, and well, so suddenly. He said a different N-word. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you, mm-hmm, yeah. So he doesn't use the bad words because he, he doesn't use the bad one. He uses the <laughs> very outdated, but didn't. Yeah, he uses the very outdated, but not the worst one, which was acceptable at the time. Yeah, but he he doesn't say that the first time you hear about it. He just says, "Well, we'll take the case," and and Jean is like, "Yeah, that's a good thing to do." And right. It, it then she finds out the meeting. She's like, "What the fuck." And that's when he says, like, well, we want to make sure the NAACP doesn't come here. Like, oh, this is taking a turn. And then so she finds out that what's been happening in Macomb County, or at least Alabama in general, because this is 1957, is that the the NAACP, the lawyers from the NAACP have come to basically, and I'm doing make trouble in air quotes, but really advocate for civil rights is what we would say today where they're looking for any case <laughs> of a black person versus a white case this is this is like a huge conflict with the book and okay i'm good this is what atticus actually believes is that the south has like a certain way they've done things for a long time and that these People of color are coming down Uppity. and going to, and they're trying That's to exactly change it. The word. <laughs> and that he's on this, he's joined this citizen council, and so is Hank. Not only because that's what it's what's expected of leading men of the town, but also like they don't want things to change, and no one does. And there's, uh, and that's like this main, this main thing that, and you find out that. Atticus agrees with this, and so does a character that's not in To Kill a Mockingbird, which is Atticus's brother, the doctor, who is the, like, expert on, which, like, thank God, he was fucking annoying. Oh, Uncle Jack, the lifelong bachelor who loves Victorian literature and lives alone with his old cat. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, hmm, I've got questions about Uncle Jack. And it's like a fastidiously dressed man who... Always a very neat house... Loves the Bee Gees. <laughs> Does a lot of crafting. <laughs> where's, where's jean shorts? <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one who's allowed to wear shorts in the whole town. He listens to Coldplay. <laughs> no, he's... He's, uh... His actually, actually, house is actually messy. The only mess is his piles of books as he mm. just reads increasingly obscure Victorian authors. He's he Oscar made a lot Wilde of money of being Macomb a dentist County. or something. Yeah, he's a dentist. And then he, he was a shrewd investor. But uh, yes, he's a, he's a dentist and definitely gay. Uh, and he is also, you know, just really concerned about federal government overreach over states' rights and the lost cause of the Civil War. And he's just like, please, please don't notice me. Hey, did you see that black guy there? And that's his way of going through life in the South as a closeted gay man. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so... We joke, but it's 100% true. <laughs> so Scout's upset, and then she speaks to... Uh, speaks to her to her uncle, who was like, well, you know, this whole... Goes on this whole rant about sort of the lost cause idea of, you know, the Confederacy, and about... And also about how much they like sort of the, you know... Wait, isn't that... Isn't this after she... F- Yells at Atticus? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we're close right. to the end. Yeah, she yeah. actually talks to him before and then yells at Atticus oh, and yeah. then talks, and, and and talks to him again. Him. So she before and after. And then okay. he's, like, trying to tell her, like, well, this is just the way things are in this neck of the woods, and we don't want it to change, but says it in much Basically, fancier language. Yeah, everything that happens before the meeting is just her going around town saying, like, wow, this person's a shitty old racist and a small-town dumbass. And then she's like, but Atticus is great. And then the meeting happens. She's like, wait, Atticus also sucks. And that's the whole point of the book. Yeah. So all secret, the, all the secret racist, he sucks then, even more than normal. Um, she, so she's mad. And then like she tells Hank, no, I won't marry you. Go away. And he's like, what, what, what happened? And he's like, then Atticus is like, well, I think we need to talk, sweetheart. And so then they talk. And he says... And this is where it was like, oh, no, Atticus is quite racist in this. Even though he defended a the black man back in the 1930s, that still happens in this timeline. But he did it because he believes in the rule of law. Not because he has enlightened ideas on race, it turns out. Because yeah. Atticus is also in agreement with this idea that the South is this way, this way being the way it was in the, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, the way it is. And there's more and black says, people than white people. He says a line, and I don't, I didn't uh, write it down, but something like the people of color of this are not ready to fully participate in society, yet they demand oh, yeah. to reap all of its benefits. He, he says something along those lines with slightly worse language. And it was like, oh, holy crap! Well, they would also they were they would demand the benefits of you know, basically saying like they're all going to be welfare queens. And even but early on, there's um, what's the fucking Hank says? Oh yeah, these black people driving their cars around town. They could afford cars now, but none of them have licenses or insurance. <laughs> You're like, oh Jesus, okay. There's hints, and then it's all, like, just fisted down your throat at the end. And so, uh, Scout, Jean Louise, is, like, basically says, fuck you, Dad. What the fuck? Because she's been living in New York this whole time, which is a more enlightened place. I mean, more enlightened than, you know, Alabama, but still had definitely its problems. And then she leaves, and she goes back. She's like, I'm, I'm going back to New York, and I'm never coming back here again. Goes back to the house, starts to pack, and, like, tells her aunt, Alexandra, like, me, says mean things to her. Man, I didn't even and have then, my fucking beer. Who is an open racist? Yeah, the no, whole she didn't book. even pretend. Um, and then uh, there was also a scene where she sort of, like, sees some of her friends from high school, but they're high school, but they're all, like, you know, married now and are basically, like, idiots. They have the equivalent of a Tupperware party. <laughs> yeah. Where it's, it's all the, the fucking co- married women coffee gathering or whatever the fuck a coffee clatch where they like you know talk about their husbands and their kids and you know you know there's good places ever for this the beer Jewish question fucking, yeah <laughs> well I meant to have this earlier but I got so distracted talking about race 
she comes back home and the, the bitch aunt, who is also in To Kill a Mockingbird, who's always like, this is what a lady does. Scout has to live there, or Jean Louise has to live there, and abide by the house rules. <laughs> this is house rules from Resurgence, which they also do think the South will rise again. Now, that's a type of resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a New England IPA that is six and a half percent alcohol. I I do declare that is fine. That is a good IPA, and I spilt so much of it. God damn! How I do say so because I was trying to read if there was a Best Buy date on the bottom, but apparently you shouldn't tip the full can. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> I've learned. So um, there are also. A bunch of weird flashbacks that don't need to be in the book at all, but are still like entertaining. There's when the they're only there good just Scout, to show how cool Atticus yeah, was. A younger, That's really younger what they're Scout, there for. where Scout thought she was pregnant because a boy French kissed her. Oh yeah. Well, they go through a bunch of them. The first one is she gets baptized. The fake real, baptized. That, that was really funny. That felt like something directly out of To Kill a Mockingbird, where they go pretend yeah. to have a revival. Which was really funny because, and the Hanks had some really funny phrases. I like when they talk about the priest, or not the priest, the reverend. The preacher. Because the Catholics are also a significant problem in this neighborhood. So, as, as said by the guy at the meeting. They go to these, the, there's, there's, a, there's a revival every couple of weeks from each of the various, you know, like Baptist or Seventh-day Adventist churches. Or they have. And I really liked this description because it's, it's really, it just... It just sounds accurate for kids. His gem, Dill, who was the other kid, was he? Is that his name yep. in the other book? In Dill. Dill. Was, was he, he was. in the other book? There's another kid that they play yeah. with. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Who's Dill? The one they find Boo with. Yeah, it was Dill. Was it Dill? Yeah. Dill. Pickle. So it's Jem, Dill, and she would have been bored stiff had not Reverend Moorhead possessed a singular talent for fascinating children. He was a whistler. There was a gap between his two front teeth. Dill swore they were false. They were just made that way to look natural, which produced a disastrously satisfying sound when he said a word containing one S or more. Sin, Jesus, Christ, sorrow, salvation, success were key words they listened for each night, and their attention was rewarded in two ways. In those days, no minister can get through a sermon without using them all. And I just find that really funny. They're just listening to the guy with like the speech impediment, basically, or like the sound as he's just hammering on, Your Lord Jesus Christ has died for your shins. And they're just laughing the whole time. That's fucking, that's a, that's what being a kid is like. That's, that's a million percent what a kid would find entertaining in what is objectively a dreadfully boring thing. This no, hold on. this scene is what felt like the whole of To Kill a Mockingbird, because then they go play and they're like, "Let's go play preacher and baptize each other," and they're doing that, and then Gem uh, Scout gets completely naked to go get baptized. Which is weird. And like, hey, no, like, we're not Catholic. I didn't say Catholic. I know. I'm saying they're, the kids would say, "Hey, we're not Catholic. You don't have to be completely naked." But that's not what Catholics do. Anyway, they were, priests. That's not baptism. <laughs> that's something else. Uh, oh, well, you only get baptized old. once. <laughs> but, so they would, they're playing baptism, and then um, Jem 
uh, no, Dill like takes a sheet and he's like, I'm the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, just really You put funny. your father's clan robes away, Dill. <laughs> That's basically what happens. But then they're just like, all right, let's go home now. And that at no point does Scout put her clothes back on. So she just wanders up to the house naked and filthy with her brother. And the preacher is there for dinner. And and they think that Atticus is mortified because during um, Grace, the preacher goes on a very specific rant about those kids being just heathen dirtbags. And they see Atticus has his head down the whole time and he wipes a tear, it wipes tears out of his eyes. And they're like, oh God, we've really fucked up. We really embarrassed him. And he's like, I have to excuse, you have to excuse me, Reverend. So he can go out and laugh on the porch, which again, felt very much like To Kill a Mockingbird. Like this, this one scene, she turned into the whole book. Yeah. And it was but great. But didn't keep that this scene the, in the book, but just that feeling, that idea. Make the whole book like that, is what the editor said. And it was fucking great advice. Great, yep. Whoever that editor was, I hopefully, hopefully got it. paid for, you know, The Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, they fucking did. <laughs> so there's, there's that the flashback, other flashback, the one where she thinks she's pregnant, but because she doesn't that was know funny, how babies yeah. are made, uh, and because she got French kissed by that boy... The week after she to got her period for the is. first time, she thinks she's pregnant, and then Calpurnia is like, "Bitch, you're not pregnant. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's like, oh, I'm gonna have a baby tomorrow. Kid. <laughs> yeah, she's like, tomorrow makes nine months. She's like, and then I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna kill herself. Um, and but okay, so here's the thing: one, two things that happened with the books. Like, Scout hasn't noticed that when women are pregnant, they get huge. Like, she she thinks she's pregnant for months, and then doesn't realize like why did I why am I still skinny as a rail why why did that well, happen she also she also she's yeah. shocked to find out that the South is racist. This is in the nineteen fifty seven you know timeline when she's like, I I thought you know her her conflict is that she thought Atticus was the perfect man, but actually he isn't, and she's coming to terms with that as an adult. But she's, she didn't know the South was racist. She was like, I was raised to be a good person by Atticus because he's a good person. She, but I didn't know everyone else was racist. South, she knew that the South was largely No, racist. she didn't. She didn't think She did she, not know. She's she really? shocked that everyone is still so is racist. She? Yeah. Oh, so it's she's, still It's so like racist. she's coming back uh, to Maycomb County, Alabama in 1957. In realizing for from living in New York, realizing that wow, people are really fucking racist here. She really that's she's like, how did she not know? How did she, she not? Left. She just is completely unaware of anything in the book. She left, you know, at a young age. You know, she, I assume if she went for college and she stayed there, she left when she was eighteen, and you know. To her, like having a black housemaid was just like a normal thing. She didn't probably think of it even in a racial sense. Maybe she got to New York and was like, "Oh, they can like do stuff with us here." Like she, when she's talking to like her friend at the party, when they're like, "Oh, I went to New York once, and one of them sat next to us at a restaurant, and it was like, and what happened? Did that?" And she said, "Nothing, but it was terrible." I was like, 
wow, cool story, Hansel. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool story, Hansel. Um, <laughs> but that's the, that's the Tupperware party. Yeah. Where the they're Tupperware also like, party. and there communists there. <laughs> just you know, the communist stuff was from the guy at the at the uh, the cit- concerned citizens meeting. We're talking about how uh, the blacks were going to get rights because they were communists and they were going to do commun do a communism and take over America and get equal rights. So that was largely not true. Like, what was true at the time is that the American Communist Party, or what was left of it in the 1930s and 1940s, was trying to like. What, they were trying to get the black community on their side to say, like, America's really racist. And that probably did yeah. no help. That had no help like, at uh, all. What was it, that book? What was the fucking book? Uh, um, the, the one by, um, yeah, Richard Wright. Richard Wright, yeah. Oh. Native Son. Native Son, yeah. Native Son, yeah, was also about that. So it's almost like communists just made it worse. Or it was like, you know, they still just say like they do with communism is just stuff that I don't like. No, no, that's fascism. That's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's also communism on the others. It, it's each communists other's communism. Communists are liberals you don't like. Fascists are Republicans you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there was like a, there's that picture from like people protesting at like the Capitol building in the 60s where it was like uh, civil rights like equals communism or some shit like that. It was like, oh, that's, is it? I don't know. I forget. I forgot what the science Lots said. Lots of people something thought equally that. Equally like that many people yeah. thought that. But, but it's true, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess technically would it, we would have equal rights under communism. Yeah, yeah. You pink Equal rights to nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Take, think about that on your bread line. As opposed to the uh, staunch... Uh, states' rights arguments of Doctor Finch and Atticus, and even Scout. Scout, well, like what, she comes she, around. So Scout, man. future. So uh, Scout confronts her father in the future timeline, and it says, and and Atticus says, "So what did you think about the Supreme Court case?" And doesn't say. I figured you would tell me Brown which one board. it was. It, it's definitely Brown v. Board. That's what I thought. Is yeah. it okay? No I doubt, which one it was, and I, I figured it has you guys to be because if she was writing this in 1957 and Brown v. Board was 1954, then like this is this is the one that I'm talking about. And yeah. Scout, it was like, or Jean Louise, because she's a woman now, was like, "What the fuck did the Supreme Court do?" She's like, "The Tenth Amendment is more important than people than the education <laughs> of those young." Children of color. <laughs> uh, which was, okay, so at the same time, the uh, scout ends up saying, like, I agree that those people need to be helped by those people, meaning the people of color. Well, the goddamn those, federal government she, can't make us do it. But the 10th Amendment, by the way, is the final amendment in the Bill of Rights, which basically says any, not privilege, any right not specifically delegated to the federal government in the Constitution is reserved for the states. So that's why Atticus says, wow, Jean Louise, you are a states rightist even more than me. Come join us at our compound. And so, yeah, that's the Libertarian Amendment, the 10th Amendment. <laughs> uh, and, and, but she says, like, Scout is shocked that, anyway, she's, but she was still mad at the Supreme Court, even though 
they fucked it up because anyway. of yeah. government overreach. It's it's these people's, you know, they're they shouldn't be racist, but they shouldn't be forced by the feds to do this to let. And, and Attica says, "Do you really want the schools filled up with insert name here that I'm not going to say?" That's <laughs> and he really does. He really says that, and it was like, "Ooh, oh God." This is they never say they never say the really bad one because he's still a, he's not he says the slightly like less a, bad he's one. Not a, yeah, he's not a Klansman. He did go, but he's he still went very to much a like, Klan meeting in this. He went to a Klan meeting, but he said it was so he would know who was in the Klan meeting. And it turns out it was literally everyone but him. What a what a good story. Yeah. I yeah. was just there for yeah. Uh, no, no, no. intelligence. Yeah, I was just... Oh, uh, that website just popped up. <laughs> no, honey, I was looking at her vagina to make sure it wasn't yours. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. What are these websites so I can show it, be sure I don't go to them? <laughs> what? Me, Jizz? Uh, no. Maybe you, Jizz, sir. But he, he says, basically, to her, and also, also the fact is like, look, you know, they're, we should you know treat them nicely, but when the truth comes down to it, there's more of them than there are of us, and they'll start electing black people to local office, and we can't have that. Yeah, he says she's that. just like, what the fuck, dude? As what, Actually, she says something less. That's what I said as I was reading it. It's like, what the fuck, dude? This is Because this is the complete opposite of everything Atticus was in... I guess this is the real version, but that's like the good version. You know, uh, the Atticus of To Kill a Mockingbird is almost like the most really perfect is. father figure. Who is maybe there's something in the fact that she's the, a child, and that's how you see your father on the right. So anyway, the Atticus in To Kill a Mockingbird is like you know the most on the right side of his civil rights and stands up for his principles and doesn't you know when he saves what's his name from the lynch mob he, and. Tom, um, but Tom ultimately him? doesn't get him acquitted, but, you know, makes it very clear that he, this, this, this black man didn't actually do the thing. And so makes the jury yeah, feel really bad. Not fail, they actually had to deliberate for more than five minutes and actually before they found him guilty. <laughs> Twelve. It was an hour. They waited an hour. I actually yeah. argued about it for a little bit. It's a record. And it had still that, like, tragic ending. Whereas this Atticus is like a man of principle and still, but, but scouts. But the principle is states' rights. Scouts' character arc, her journey is realizing that her father, though, isn't the perfect man she always thought he was, that actually he's wrong. And that this is her, you know, growing up, becoming an adult and realizing, like, I can think for myself. that's like what she realizes because that's exactly what her uncle tells her after he slaps the shit out of her. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to, I want to point out slaps actually slaps. Get yourself together. You hysterical woman. She like goes in, (laughs) goes into the house, backhands her, packs her stuff and then front hands her literally slaps her across the face and slaps her again. It's like, why don't you come inside and have some whiskey and let's talk about this like adults. And then tells her, you know, you thought your father was this saint this your whole life, but now you're realizing he isn't. And then it's basically like, she's like, oh, yeah, I guess. And then the end. That is basically the end of the book. She stays. Yeah. 
Well, you got a point. And then she 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 stays. She doesn't take a stand and say, "No, this is wrong. I'm leaving. Fuck you guys." She actually um oh god, I don't want to click on this. I couldn't not picture this guy as Dr. Finch. He's pages. the small the small southern guy from Will and Grace, Leslie. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. No, exactly. Uh, Who yeah, about? thousand percent. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's just that's him. <laughs> I could hear everything he, he said he as that does guy. Declare. I can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so okay. There's like some like very long speeches with flowery language about like, ah, oh, this is just you know what we think here, and and Scout realizes that you know life isn't exactly what she thought, and then the end. Right. Did I miss something? Wasn't that the end? Well, uh, Atticus, uh, she confronts Atticus again after Uncle Jack beats the fuck out of her and says, like, by the way, I wanted to fuck your mom, but your dad got there first. That's why I'm gay now. Uh, (laughs) And then she goes back to see Atticus, and he's like, we're cool, right? She's like, yes. And there's like, you know, she just realizes, like, he just wanted her to like become her own person and stop seeing him as a god, which kind of implies that he knows he sucks, which doesn't make a lot of sense. So I don't really get that. It's like, I just wanted you to know that I'm shit and you should have your own opinions. Okay, so... And then the end. Cool. Yeah, and then the end. And she doesn't marry the guy who is like, I'm a racist because I want to get elected to local, uh, local office. And she, she's going to, like, leave town, it implies. She's going to go back to New York. But I, it just kind of ends. It's like, yeah, I realize that my dad is an old racist, but sure is a heck of a nice guy. He's from a different time. It is, uh, yeah, it is, it is that. But, like, for, like, the first three quarters of the book, he's still kind of, like, the same Atticus. And then at the end, he's like, by the way, the Jews are responsible for all wars. Like, you feel the Mel Gibson. Like, Whoa! <laughs> Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> This is basically To Kill a Mockingbird with a real twist ending. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, the, the ending the, is... The racist misses. calls were coming from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's surprising because, you know, you get the... You, you get the, when you see him at the meeting, you're like, oh, he's just keeping watch on the town. And like, you know, you got, he's got to play the part and, like, see what's up. But it's like, no, they're right. They're crude about it and they say bad words, but they're 100% right. It's like, oh, fuck, this is not... This is not the right book. And, you know, if he had published this book, this would have been forgotten to the history of time. So it, well, it was trying to make a point about race in Alabama in the 50s or the the early 60s. No, the late 50s because it wasn't the 60s yet. It was trying to make a point about race. It just, nothing important happens in the first half at all. Besides just establish yeah. the characters. And then the second half... This could have been a short story. And then the second half... The, well, well, you know, Jean Louise does have a character arc. It also doesn't, like, end in a good way. It's like the book almost... I mean, it does have an ending, but it's not a good ending. It's not an ending where it's, like, taking a stand for stop. something. It's just kind of like, yeah. Oh, the, the, she ran out of words to say, so the book ended. Everybody here sucks. I'm going to leave. And there were, you know, interesting stories about, you know, life in Alabama in the 30s and stuff like that, which is ultimately the kind of thing that got turned into To Kill a Mockingbird. But it's not good. good It's a very forgettable book if it wasn't for 
To Kill a Mockingbird before this. Although the other thing is, technically yeah. this was written first. And so it's a very weird thing to try to try to, to force your brain to remember the other stuff didn't happen yet. This is enti- this is what she wanted to write. To Kill a Mockingbird was not yet written. So this was her, this is what she wanted to say. But you can't like unremember. That other book, you just can't, even though it was written later. Also because it's much better. And it's better. Well, even though, you know, writing a book that never gets published, writing a book is good practice for writing a book. So just having written a book and gone, okay, I see how that went. Now let's, now I'll do a better one. Then she wrote a much better book. I'm sure if we like got like the rough drafts and unpublished books of like other famous authors who wrote a lot of stuff, like the unpublished stuff of Charles Dickens or nothing by Stephen King because he published it's everything. Porn. But like, just stuff you'd see, like, oh, like they're not very good. Uh, and they get better. And that's why they don't publish those. Yeah. It, it's like, remember when, remember when people used to buy DVDs and like deleted scenes? You're like, oh, cool. And you'd watch, like, oh, yeah, I see why they cut that out. It's yeah. not good. <laughs> yeah, that basically. was all right. Yeah, yeah, that was a stupid. I scene. took a uh, college in English class where a real author came in to actually. So we read not only her book, but a, it was not Shakespeare. <laughs> wow, was it alive? Uh, a real <laughs> was it via so we read her book, and then she actually like came into the talk with the class and and you know did the process of how uh, writing what book the book was this? something what? like that. Was it something no, we would know. Uh, it, it was a thriller from the, the it, it was it was a thriller writer, but the, she did talk yeah. about how like you write the first draft the and it's so bad. The first draft, and this is a different thing a different person said. It was like the first draft is you telling the story to yourself, and then after you write the first draft, you're like, okay, now I know what book I want this to be. Some authors apparently they write the first draft. And then they literally throw it away and start back from page one because then they know what book they're trying to write. Neil, in um, <clears throat> his master class, Neil Gaiman said, the second draft is where you, something like where you make it look like you knew what you were doing all along. Yeah. Like, it's the same idea. Like the first draft is just to get something to work with because then, then, you know, then it's editing as opposed to generating stuff. Which is true. Like, if you've ever tried to do something, like any creative thing, the first, the hardest part is getting something down. And once it's down, and then you could look at it and say, "This part doesn't work. This part, you know, this part sucks." It's you like know, sh- she did this know, here. It's the same for books and same for like music too. Like when Prince died, and they're like, "We're gonna give you everything that he had in his secret vault." And it's like I don't think he wanted that because that's the stuff he chose not to put out there for a reason. I'm assuming, and it was probably not good. No, probably wasn't, but they're going to, you know... It, like this, it was like, how much money can we make off this dead or dying person? It reminds me of also when uh, the Beatles anthology albums came out in the 90s. Were those different, they, they just repackaged it in a new... So they, they, were, they released some unpublished no, no. stuff, yeah. There was a lot, like... Because the Beatles, especially in their, you know, they're like, oh, they, they recorded hundreds and hundreds of hours of shit while they were recording Abbey Road or whatever it is. Well, and I've actually just been watching small, the Beatles documentary, the Peter the, Jackson the get one, back Get thing? Back, and they, and you know, does it have hobbits? If there in were it? no hobbits in it, no. 
Uh, they had the same going? stupid hair, though. <laughs> they, had, they had long beards. But my, my point is, like, people were like, oh, there's so much Beatles shit out there. And then you heard it, and you were like, garbage. Like John Lennon and Paul McCartney, when they were in high school, would go home after school and just sit with guitars and pianos and practice writing songs. And they wrote hundreds of songs. And the thing is about Get Back is that they're like, they have like two weeks to produce a whole album that they have to play live. And John Lennon is not writing anything. So Paul McCartney is like, maybe we could use some of those old songs. But they have like a hundred, Lennon McCartney have a hundred songs that have never been recorded, never been played live. Because they all suck. Because they were 17 when they wrote them. Because they were 15 (laughs) when they wrote them. And they're all very boring, generic songs that they have, but they have a hundred of them, two hundred of them. If we remember, go back, go back ways a ways ago to season one, episode seven, or something like that. That ten thousand hour rule. Oh, oh, oh! You mean the, the, the outliers, outliers episode? Uh, outliers, outliers episode, yeah. That's like episode seven. <laughs> Very early. To kill a mockingbird was episode forty-one. Because I know. Outliers before Jimmy. It was, yeah. yeah. The, the golden age Which I'm glad I'm of the podcast. <laughs> Which randomly when? had almost no downloads when we first published it. But then when we joined Spotify, Spotify keeps recommending it to people, and it's our like most downloaded episode on Spotify. Would you say Do that you know? it is an outlier? <laughs> 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 that is definitely an outlier. It was That's literally so because Outliers was our first nonfiction book where like... I guess people don't like nonfiction, so I guess we're not going to do any of those. No. They want to hear people talk about it so they don't have to read it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think yeah. that is true. We could do that for money. <laughs> so my point is, though, in that episode, they talk, he talks, uh, well, in that book, Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hour rule and about the Beatles. And I think I said he like, totally gets it wrong with the Beatles because he focuses all on them performing. In Hamburg. Yeah. Uh, in Hamburg which is not what they're really famous for. They're famous for writing music, more so. Like, that's their legacy. Anyway, the time they spent writing those shitty songs, that was the 10,000 hours. Yep. And Harper Lee, though, somehow she just got goddamn fucking lucky because she really only wrote this and To Kill a Mockingbird. She has a handful of other like little essays that were published. Well, she might have other stuff that was proto this that we'll never see. That is just and, gone. And I never care to see it. No, it's but yeah, she could have had too much. Her, I mean, well, actually, she could have. She was like almost. She could have spent 10,000 hours, 10, hours writing this book and To Kill a Mockingbird. It took her, what, like three years to write this after, after this one? That's a lot of thousands of hours. Yeah, that's true. So, like, but at the end she, of it, she got that one. But I mean, uh, they, they forced this out of her against her will. And... There's well, probably other stuff we don't contract. even know about. So some people, some friends or acquaintances said that, oh, no, she was totally within her, in control of her, you know, decision-making. Faculties. Because we're all just, like, talking about how this book is not good. No. It is inferior in every single way to, to Kill a Mockingbird. And it's just inferior to most books. Like, it's objectively not a good book. It's barely a book. I think the biggest thing okay, that's... it's better than Twilight. <laughs> sure, it wasn't poor. It was fine. It's, There's almost it's competent. no real plot, though. There's no plot in the first. Well, half. That is a, so I think there is a plot, sort of. There's a theme, at least. There's a theme. 
To Kill a so the, and this is where she improved it, I think, to make it the classic that To Kill a Mockingbird is. This book is all about a girl or young woman realizing, becoming disillusioned with the South, right? Finding, oh fuck, it's not what I thought it was. Which I'm sure many people had experiences like that during this time, where they thought, oh, we weren't racist, or we just kind of, oh shit, my parents are. It was really bad. But that's, you know, one angle. But then she shifts it, kind of reverses it to into Kill a Mockingbird. To like, this is to talking about Atticus Finch. This is what people should be. He becomes an exemplar. Becomes this hero. Like as Nate said, this like unfairly perfect person. And it's and it's like a legend almost. <laughs> like yeah, his his that the character in that. You know, he's, he's so disproportionately good. <laughs> I had a job and, and it in changed college. the whole vibe. Summer job while I was in college, scoring high school essays for a state exam. And the state exam, this is an exam that all kids in the state had to take in 10th grade. The question was identify a character from literature that's leading or inspiring. And in a essay blah 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 explain why it was good. Half of the fucking essays were about Atticus Finch. Half were about Atticus, and half were about a random collection of other things. But I read so many essays about To Kill a Mockingbird. I I can't even describe how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of essays that said the same fucking thing over and over again. It wasn't an incorrect analysis, of To Kill a Mockingbird, but it was like, yeah, they identified Atticus Finch as a as an inspired, leading and inspiring character. Pretty much the most so in literature, at least of the 20th century. The most so. Probably ever. Most so books you'd read in high school, oh, yeah, sure. definitely. For certain. It's like not even a close second for books that you could remember from high school. I find it hard to believe that anybody can make it through high school without having been forced to read this book at some point or yeah. at least we're supposed to did because we it didn't come out yet nate that's not the same <laughs> no what i mean is i did not still inventing what Cuneiform. i meant was i did not get through high school without being forced to read it because i did read it i did have to read it in high school i don't remember if we read it, it wasn't a new release we didn't read it in high school it was not Hot off the presses school, but it was on the freshman year when he got accepted in eighth grade. Like, you, you should go read, read some books now. over the summer. Yeah. And that's yeah, when, when I read to it. To Kill a Mockingbird a came out. It was assigned to summer reading in that summer before I started. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not this fucking Watchmen book. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like this book kind of could ruin To Kill a Mockingbird oh, for I, you. It could. For, it for should ruin To Kill a Mockingbird for you. And that's why my snarky review on Goodreads is... You can shoot all the blue jays you want if you can kill them, but it's a sin to kill to kill a mockingbird <laughs> because that's what this book tried to do. It tried to ruin what is a great book. Now I'm sure some people are gonna like hate on like they're the white savior element of it and shit, which I don't think she was really doesn't even really try and save anybody. The I'm talking about mockingbird. Oh well, yeah. Like, I'm sure today you could find a good number of people who are going to say To Kill a Mockingbird is not a good book or To Kill a Mockingbird is problematic. 
But I. But I, for I the bullshit. time that To Kill a Mockingbird came out, which was 1960 or 19, she won the Pulitzer in yep. 60 or 61. 60. So for for the time when To Kill a Mockingbird came out, it was incredibly progressive and was incredibly important. And was banned in a lot of places. Probably Macomb County. (laughs) (laughs) Is that even a real county? I think it is, yeah. Can they read there? Probably not, no. (laughs) So who should read this book? I think no one should ever read this book. Much like Harper Lee intended. It wasn't meant to be published. It was not. It was a shameless money grab by her estate. No, by the people exploiting her in her old age. Because she wasn't dead yet. Yeah. I'm not dead yet. I think if you love To Kill a Mockingbird and you want to understand the genesis of that book, this could be interesting. But, still but it's, again, like, you know, you don't really want to know how the sausage is made. You know, this is... It's it just kinda, buttholes. It's, like, oh. it's just buttholes. This is, this is just ass water, this book. So, yeah, is it, it is just buttholes. Who said that? I mean, it's... it's I think it was Hegel. <laughs> In the phenomenology of spirit, <laughs> Hegel said that. It's just ass water and buttholes. <laughs> Everything is just poop water. And gas. <laughs> Poop wasser. <laughs> Scheiße wasser. Nein, drinking it. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't horribly written. It was just. There are worse and a lack things. Of story, but it ruins worse things. A really good book, so that makes it worse. Yeah, it's just like I'm trying to think of like an ex, uh, like a like a, a simile. Okay, I've got one. The Star Wars prequels kind of made the, the the original Star Wars trilogy kind of made them worse. I d- you know see I was thinking about the Star Wars prequels for this, but I don't think it's the same. No, thing. it's not. Because, it isn't because those were made after as a money. Grab. They were made after, and they were separate thing entirely. Like these are the things that happened before. It was like an actual prequel. It was it was weird. They started on four to begin with. I don't understand well, why. He didn't I, start with four. He started with just the first movie. And then retroactively so became four. Yeah. Well, I, when the yeah. second movie came out, then they renumbered them. I, I don't think that the prequels made the later ones worse. I, okay, well, it, lowered the, it lowered the bar for the quality of a Star Wars movie you, that you expect. Uh, okay, I guess. But this didn't lower the bar on To Kill a Mockingbird. It just was like, wow, this is It's an imperfect metaphor, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm trying to think of like one that's like... I don't know, like like a sequel, a sequel because this is basically a, a sequel if, that if makes just the change other, that book. other books worse. Like if you they had just changed that Parasitic one, twin. is what you okay. said when we it's did. Not, it's when not we high did art. You book three. You said, yeah. "Oh, this was pretty shitty. This made the other ones worse." That's true. That's true. It's 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 not as a cultural milestone in any way. Not even a um, little bit. But basically. Like if you if if you had just if she had just changed that one paragraph about how he got uh, Tom Robinson acquitted, then this could have easily been a sequel. Yeah, that's, that's the, the only, only thing, continuity that's problem. The only thing that's like a retcon kind of shit. I'm sure there's a better one than you book three, but <laughs> but it's it's hard, you know. It's because I don't know. It's like it's like seeing the rough draft of something and saying, "Wow, this is a terrible, terrible book." It's not the worst, but. 
it, it's there's it's no just reason not that, good. There's no reason that it's it should be great. available for the public. It, if it had just been published in 1957, it would have been a thousand percent forgotten by now. If she had then went. published To Kill a Mockingbird afterwards, also, it would probably still be as it was, not different, as it was. But that would have been weird. Still, it would have been like, weird. Here's that book. It's almost the same as that last book I did, but I got it better this time. <laughs> I mean, weird. that most no authors have that. With their second book? Stephen King's been doing that for uh, 50 years. Yeah. But if she had published, if this is just a book, if she, she, she really, effectively, she published one book in her life, right? She published To Kill a Mockingbird. If this had been the one book, she would never, ever have heard the name Harper Lee. It would have just been forgotten. It would have been a book that came out. A few people would have read it, and they would be like, that's an interesting idea. And that's Everyone it. Everyone else would have to read a different book about the South in high school. They have to go read like A Raisin in the Sun or something. Oh, God. <laughs> it, would have, it, would been, it would have been forgotten, and it should have been forgotten. And it almost was. So she apparently wrote... Started, she spent many, many years writing another novel that it never came out. Oh, God, I can't wait till they just drag her coffin out of the ground, <laughs> make her sign her body a release. out, and fucking, yeah, just like grab the well, corpse. Well, she's dead hand. now. Her estate could do it. Uh, it could, yeah. Let's not read it. I, I, I don't think it's even, it, I don't know. They'll, they'll do it again in 70 years when the kids need another island. I don't know if she even had kids. Did she have children? Well, whoever owns her estate is going to need like another Bentley at one point. And they'll be like, what else can I drag off that woman's corpse? I don't know if she ever had kids. I don't know anything about her like personal life. I know her sister was her like caretaker slash amanuensis. She's the one that did this to us. She died short, like a few months before it was announced they were publishing this. Uh. Was one of the things people pointed at. They were like, so "Ah, God there tried it is. to stop her from publishing this, or like tried to stop people from taking, getting her to just sign something she didn't understand." I mean, I can't imagine the sister was like, "Oh, I need to protect my sister's literary legacy." That was her bigger priority. Or was just like, "I want to protect my sister from being taken advantage of." Yeah, for sure. There's a, there's a conspiracy theory in there of a very low stakes. <laughs> assassination. Like we have to get the rights to publish Ghost at a Watchman. Can imagine the, uh, the the Robert Ludlum title for that conspiracy: "The Old Lady Protocol <laughs> to Kill to Get a Mockingbird." <laughs> so, I think we agreed no one should read this, and I think really at this point, no one does read this. We're the they last really people to read this book. This was a patron request. No, I don't know who made a big big splash in 2015, and then no one should read it. It's like a belly flop, big splash. That is fair. That is fair. Well, I guess tell us who you thought. Send us an email to drunkeyesbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkeyesbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkeyesbookclub. And if you've listened this long, why not give us a review wherever you're listening? Or leave us a review wherever you're not listening. That'd be even more impressive, frankly. What? Because there's way more places you're not listening. And uh, you can also support Leave us a review at all the places you're not listening. That's dedication. That's a lot of reviews. Just make it easy on yourself. Make them all five stars. And uh, you can also support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. And uh, go go tell a watchman to listen to the podcast. And you can join us on Goodreads and tell us to read things like this one. 
because you're cruel, that are not good. <laughs> and check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.